How has how has being in the position you're in now been different from you than any other year you've had? Well, I think um, you know the the highs are a little higher, the lows are a little lower. You know, you're responsible for 11 guys on the field at once, and so I can't watch practice through the straw of just being a linebackers coach. And um, but it's been fun. I mean, I, you know, I think the the neat thing for me has just been getting to know the personalities um, that are in the room in the unit and. You know, having them get to know me, too. And we've spent a lot of time together in a unit setting, um, just talking about what we want to, the brotherhood we want to build, you know, and what we want to be about. And hopefully that's coming through in the way we're preparing, and, you know, hopefully it comes through in the way we play this season. You've always been a, an energetic guy. You, you you look like the kind of, you coach the way it looks like you want your players to respond. Do they seem to, to pick up on that and, and respond accordingly? They do. That takes time. I mean, I think, you know, as a coach, um, you're, you're always looking to model, you know, um, the, the behavior, the action that you want from your players. And I think um, they, they become accustomed to that expectation level. And I think at the end of the day, what you're saying to them through your actions is, um, if, if I can do this, so can you, right? And, and so, um, and plus, I think, you know, you, as a coach, you got to, you have to every day think about what kind of coach you want to be. And I don't, I don't want to be a guy that's, that's uh, on the side yelling and screaming. Like, I want to be out there teaching and, um, running with them and being energetic, and you know, part of being 36 years old is an advantage that way. You know, I'm young, I got energy, and I want to use that to our advantage. Do you have a sense of what kind of play caller you'll be? Hopefully, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, certainly, um, certainly, I've got a, a, a grasp on uh, what I want the calls to allow us to play like, and I don't want to be a guy that's that's creating defenses for the sake of creating defenses. I want. I want to have calls that the guys are confident executing and really that allows them to shine. That's my responsibility is can I put them in position to not be thinking but be doing. And um, I think, you know, beyond that, it's, it's you, know, you know, you want to be a smart play caller. You want situationally to be, um, to have bodies where you need bodies. And when the pressure is needed, you want to be able to dial up pressure. But those things will come. More important than me, it's less about me and less about scheme, more about you know, can I give these guys a chance to shine on the stage? Are you curious to see what it will feel like being in that position once once the game day comes around? I would say I'm anxious to to do it. I'm anxious to get through that part of it because you know, obviously, that's something that I think about every single day, and um, you know, and I have thought about it you know every single day since since I was elevated. And for me, it's just a matter of. Um, you know, having the chance to rip, rip the bandaid off, and 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 knowing full well that I'm going to make mistakes. You know, I mean that's, you know, it's going to happen. It's it's how you adjust and how you move on from those mistakes, and it's it's being simple enough to where you know you can let good players get you out of bad situations. But anxious to get going, certainly anxious to get in there and, and kind of get on the horse and let it roll. During practice, I've seen you and Brian Kelly have conversations, primarily during stretch. How has your relationship with him changed since you've become coordinator? Well, it's opened up uh, a chance for us to, to visit more. And, you know, one thing that I, I've asked from him, and, and he's, you know, um, been willing and, and anxious to, to help me with, is just, hey, give me your perspective. You know, I mean, that's a great offensive mind that's, that's watching us play every day. And so where are the holes? Where do you see issues? You know, what do you think? What, you know, what would you address here or address there? Or how are the matchups working out? And so... Part of those conversations are, are him giving me his feedback from what he sees from an offensive standpoint, and, and all in an effort to help this whole operation grow and evolve and, and improve. 
in your opinion, do you have a championship caliber defense? You know, I, I think that that's um, a question that, you know, um, is always going to be hard to answer. I, I think that I've got a defense that I love, and i got a bunch of personalities in there that are, are ready to play together. And, you know, it, it, they say to win a championship, you don't have to be the best team, just the better team each time you play. And, and truthfully, I'm more concerned about you know, moment-by-moment moment responses than I am about any kind of big-picture statement that way. Um, and that's how we focus. And, you know, I know that's a little bit of coach speak, but I think at the end of the day, um, there are always going to be ups and downs, and there are going to be points this year where we executed at a high level and points at which where we're you know, kind of on our heels and behind a little bit. And I think our ability to respond in both, either to not, you know, not waver when we're out in front of things or not get on our heels and, and succumb to pressure when we're behind, you know, that'll be the measure for us. Clark, obviously you uh, joined the, the team last year as a linebacker's coach. Now in your first year as coordinator, two of the probably the, the core pieces are in that linebacking core with Drew and Tavon. Just how much confidence does that give you knowing that two of your core pieces you have a, a pretty strong rapport with? All, obviously you have it with all the players, but just them specifically. No, I, think, I tell those guys every day. I tell the linebacker group every day that, you know, they – as we've gotten into this, you know, they, they kind of know my heart the, the best. And so, you know, we talk about that unit being the tip of the spear for us on defense. And part of that is just like, you know, because we've been together for a year, because they know what the expectations are from practice, um, they know the responses we're looking for in adverse situations, you know, to, to let that knowledge kind of bleed into the rest of the defense as the rest of the guys get to know me as well. And I would say at this point, um, you know, we're, we're pretty well in lockstep on our side of the ball. Like, hey, this is our approach. This is how we do things. But certainly having those two guys lead the charge is, is incredibly helpful. When you took over this position uh, and took over the defense, obviously most of the staff was already in place, and you had gotten a chance to know most of the staff last year. Just uh, how has that transition been with you now stepping in as that in that leadership role, and just how have they all kind of embraced you as um, and kind of followed your lead, so to speak, this year? Well, it's a great group of guys, and it's an um, experienced group of guys, and um, you know, I would say this: you know, the defensive coordinator. You know, coordinating a defense is is about collecting. It's about collecting thoughts and perspectives and ideas, and allowing um, there to be room for, you know, um, opinion and criticism, and you know, tabling all the things that we need to table so that by the time we're playing, you know, we feel like um, we're we're on the same page and, and pulling in the same direction. Um, you know, it's not the the defensive dictator, right? And I think, you know, my inexperience in this role. Has helped to, um, to to bring a closer bond as a as a group of coaches because, you know, again, uh, it's my responsibility to go in there and ask, you know, and if I ask, then everyone will question, and if everyone questions, then s certainly at some point we'll circle around the right answer, and that's kind of been the approach I've taken. But, you know, from from Mike Elston and his experience, you know, on multiple levels um, and in this game, you know, Todd Light, his experience as a player and as a coach, and. You know, um, you know, he coaches a group that's on an island and getting his vantage point on what that feels like, what those guys go through day to day. Terry Joseph and all the expertise he brings, um, tying the back end together from a coverage standpoint, um, you know, is is awesome. And and then we have a group of young assistants too that are that are that are bang up guys, and so we're having a lot of fun. I know, obviously, you're focused on Michigan right now, and um, but when you see uh, when you know that you're 
um, in your first year as a coordinator? Do you see that Vanderbilt game and just kind of get a little bit more <laughs> excited to maybe not circling it, but just a, a little bit excited to look forward to that one? You know, they're all personal. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, at this point, you know, you, you cease being a fan and you and you really just, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to just spit back coaching. But it, it literally, I mean, it's, it's um, who's the next opponent? How do we best prepare for them? You know, um, I'm sure that I'll have a, a, an extra group of friends and family for that game, which is always special to share in that. But at the end of the day, I mean, um, you know, what, what Coach Mason's done at Vanderbilt, what he's doing, what he's building there, I've been able to appreciate from afar. But, you know, that just becomes another opponent when we line up against him. How did your time there just uh, kind of showing you how – everything kind of worked in college football and knowing how hard you would have to work in college football to kind of earn your spot. How has that kind of translated into your coaching career? My time at Vandy as a player? Yep. Well, I think, um, you know, I was I was on the front end of a rebuild there and, um, you know, I was on teams that won six games in three years. And so uh, really, um, you know, it was formative from this standpoint. There, there, was, a, there was a nucleus of players that, that never flinched, even though um, you know, we weren't having the success that we wanted. We never stopped. We never relented. Uh, and, you know, that was that was special. And even in you know, from the standpoint that we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve there, you know, the, the seed was kind of um, planted in me of, like, how special it is to be a part of a team and a brotherhood that, that fights relentlessly. And, and truthfully, I think the sting of not accomplishing um, really kind of, like, thrust me into coaching because um, that sting was what, kind of drove me into saying you know like I want to be able to do this at a high level I want to win a national championship I want to I want to be able to compete for big games and and um and I can remember you know um around Christmas time going into the weight room to work out um you know we're again after a two year uh two win year and uh another team being in our weight room preparing for the Music City Bowl and just the the burn that that created um you know, so all those things drive you forward. But, look, I was coached by great men who always maintained perspective on what was important. I was demanded uh, a lot of from on the field, but also personally I was held account uh, when I uh, came up short, um, which, you know, two of those experiences probably the, the most formative in my life. And um, that's what this is all about. And so it was, it was a great starting point for me. Uh, and just last question for me. I know you were on the field uh, mostly last year. Do you have a preference of being on the field or in the box now that you're kind of starting um, where you kind of like to start and kind of get a feel for coordinating? I mean, I think it's always great to be on the field because you're sharing in the experience of, of game day with your players and, and you're there to, you know, you can you can read the emotion and you can, you know, give and take as you need. But I don't know how I accomplish the things I want. To, I need to be able to accomplish for these guys as a play caller, with all that emotion in front of me. You know, I need to. I feel, you know, it's important that I remove myself from that fray a little bit, and so I can be, uh, you know, calm and collected as I kind of look at the next snap. And so, uh, for me right now, the, the box seems to be the right place. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, many people have done it either way, but that's that's where I'm leaning. Clark, I know when Tavon decided to come back, he had some goals that he wanted to accomplish by coming back, and you had some goals for him, including being better in pass coverage. How do you feel that process has played out to this point? I have been really pleased um, with him, um, and it hasn't been perfect, and it will never be perfect, you know, but it is a, um, it's an evolution. I think we've added um, uh, situations for him to, to – um, to have more responsibility in coverage, and I think um, 
you know, I hope at least that, you know, my work in all season to, to coach it better has also helped his improvement to drill it better. You know, um, you know, I said this, you know, I think, I don't remember when I said it, but it was at the, one of the press conferences that, you know, um, you know, for a player to execute in coverage, you know, obviously he needs a skill set, but um, it's my job to enhance that skill set and not just the skill, but also the concept and understanding what he needs to do to be successful. And I, I feel like I came up short. And, and truthfully, maybe I've come up short um, in my career in general that way. And so it was a chance for me. You're always looking for a chance to reset as a coach and, 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 and improve. And that was that was my charge this offseason. Markel Lee was a guy that had an interesting skill set for you at Wake and was really productive in tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Does Tavon have some of those same qualities or are they very different players? No, he does, absolutely. I mean, you know, they're physically different in terms of height, weight, but, but Tavon, um, I mean, he's as explosive a player as I've coached, and I think, you know, his game day um, – you know, I've, I've described it this way before. It's like you got struck by a lightning bolt on game day. I mean, just there's so much twitch and innate football instinct in that body. And, and um, you know, so he, he's got the potential. Listen, that, that year at Wake, Markel started out slow, and it was he was pressing, and he was trying to do a lot, and he wasn't getting the production that he was looking for, and he was frustrated. And I think we took a, a moment to reset there and say, hey, listen, it's not about that. It's about going out and executing, and the play will come to you. And I think once he, once he embraced that approach, um, you know, he found a level of success that obviously um, thrust him forward into the career he's having now. So. What are you expecting this year out of Drew in terms of uh, leadership? Well, I mean, I, 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 everything. <laughs> you know, I think more than anything, though, I mean, they, they all know who Drew is. He's a consistent worker. He's the model for, you know, what a football player is. He, he lifts hard, runs hard, plays hard, uh, cares a great deal about, you know, um, what we're doing and who we are as, as uh, people. Um, you know, he's a married man now, you know, and so he's got things he's balancing in his life. Um, but I, I think more than anything from, from, from Drew, I just – I just want that consistency and mental approach and, you know, never too high, never too low. And I, I, I need him to carry the message um, to, to the group that, that um, if I'm, you know, as I'm in the box, um, you know, he's down there steady in the sideline and keeping us focused on the next play. Do you, do you almost kind of look at him as another uh, coach in certain aspects, kind of a, a player coach just because of the perspective he has? Certainly. I mean, you, you know, he, he's got so much invested in this program um, that, you know, you just want to equip him with uh, the perspective to 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 be that voice and and knowing that he's going to be heard. And I would say the same for Tavon and same for Jerry Tiller. I mean, all those guys. You know, part of training camp is you know the the physical tools, the schematic tools, but but a big part of it's the the bond that we're trying to create and the fabric we're trying to create. And it's not it's going to falter at times. I mean, there, you know, I've never been through a perfect season, but. Um, you know, if we can just keep coming back to this is our identity, this is what we want to accomplish together, and above all else, let's have fun doing this the right way. You know, I mean, I think that's the message I need those guys to carry day in day. What do you expect out of uh, Asmar Bilal this year? You know, Asmar um, has has come along uh, really nicely. I mean, I expect him to um, take that rover spot and run and have a great productive season. I think he's still. I think he's playing his best football right now since I've been here, which is encouraging. I think trying to cross-train him in the spring was a little unfair to him. I think once we got him locked in, 
uh, to the rover spot. He was able to build on the reps he took last season, and um, I've been really pleased with his his progress. So, you know, I hope he can have a year that he's proud of, but also a year that, that um, you know, he, he's able to play effectively to the field for us. What do you think, uh, you know, he's played behind a lot of guys over the past couple of years just because of the way the depth chart has worked out. Um, what do you think he's kind of learned over the past couple of years from his experience? Well, I mean, I, he, you know, he, he and Drew Tranquil formed a really, really close friendship last year, and I know that relationship is is very important to both of them. In fact, you know, at Drew's wedding, there's Asmar up on the stage. You know, I mean, it's it's um, it's a bond, and I think you know, in in playing behind Drew, you know, he got to see you know a guy that's a pro and the way he approaches his work, and you know, and keeping his priorities um, aligned the right way. And I think that was. I think Asmar experienced growth in that uh, respect, you know, and I think, you know, Asmar's anxious to have his turn, and so I'm anxious for him, too. What do you think his biggest uh, area for growth is? For what, growth? Yeah. Um, you know, I would like to see Asmar, um, he has got speed and he has got power. I mean, both those things um, might be as, as good as anybody on the team. You know, what, what I would like to see uh, from him and what I feel like he's displayed uh, to a certain degree um, to this point uh, in fall camp is just letting his football instinct take over too. You know? Like don't don't be robotic out there. It's it's about executing, but it's also about um, using that strength and speed to to go make a play, you know, and to cut loose sometimes. And you know, I think Drew was really effective that way in some of those perimeter screens of the field last year, where he just swallowed up a block on the perimeter, you know. Um, like I want to see Asmar think less about do I go inside or outside and just go through, and I think when he does that, you know he's gonna he's gonna experience all the preparation in the weight room and on the field will come together for him and he'll be he'll have a great year. Uh, Jordan uh, Jenmark Keith, I know he moved uh, at, towards the end of spring and obviously I mean you just look at him he's obviously had a lot of physical growth and he, now he looks like like a buck linebacker just kind of how has he progressed since then obviously he looked like he was flying around in the football maybe didn't figure everything out now where's his like knowledge of the defense and how comfortable do you feel with him well it is a it, you know any any positional move is difficult um you know i think it's a little bit easier when you're when you're drew tranquil and you've you've had a, a wealth of experience and so you know um you know that that his depth of football knowledge allowed for him to flourish in a new position last year and you know I believe it's going to allow him to flourish in a new position this year I think Jordan being so young in his career um, and, and truthfully you know the first time the conversation was brought up was in the spring towards the end you know and um, that's challenging um, it, it's not just about understanding the x's and the o's and the lines and where I go and where I fit it's it's a totally different movement skill set it's a totally different uh, point of attack skill set and, you know, um, he's, he's at times um, looked really natural during fall camp and other times looked like a guy that's still processing and learning. I think what we're seeing here lately as the install has died down is, you know, his physical traits take over and he's learning and growing. And so I've, I've been pleased with his progress. And I think that's a guy that from, you know, this point till the bowl game, I mean, you know, he will continue to evolve as the season goes. 
Uh, Shane Simon obviously has got a lot of reps at, at Rover with, uh, you know, Jeremiah has, has been, been out as well. Just, can you talk a little bit about his progress and kind of maybe what the difference between a guy like him coming in in the summer between, between like, say, Ovi or uh, Jack Lamb or Bo Bauer and how those guys actually had the spring and the winter? Well, I think the, the extra time is, is um, a huge advantage um, for, for those guys because you inevitably hit a wall, and if you're able to hit that wall in the winter or spring, you know, and get beyond it, you know, the next time you go through the cycle, you're you're just you're just a little fresher, you know, and um, you, you can anticipate and you can you know you have a really you have a comfort level with hey what this lift looks like or what this schedule looks like or how much goes into it. I think Shane is a pro, though. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, he, he, he's got a ways to go as a football player, you know, just like any freshman would. But the one thing I don't question is his approach and his mindset. And you know, I've been really proud of him. I mean, he, he's stepped up um, into a, a prominent role this fall camp, and he hasn't blinked, you know. And I, I've not once looked out there and said, you know, um, he's overwhelmed. I've, I've looked out there and said, you know, I can't wait for him to really get comfortable so he can trigger um, because I think, you know, there's still a little bit of processing going on. And in regards to the um, Michigan game, sorry, just the last one, uh, uh, the, the Michigan game and preparation for that, you know, obviously they have some new guys on the staff there, um, you know, but uh, Jim Harbaugh, you, you would think that we'd have kind of a, a, a base in preparing for, but they have, a, you know, a new quarterback that, you know, you assume is going to be the, the starter, um, you know, has a bit of a different skill set than some of those guys. You know, how do you balance kind of in preparation for the game, kind of watching like Michigan film last year or maybe watching old Harbaugh offices or Pep Hamilton or, or McElwain or whatever and, and um, you know, uh, Shea Patterson film and, and kind of what he can do? That's a great question. I, I think um, there's a balance there because there can also be paralysis by analysis. I mean, we can't prepare for eight offenses, but, you know, we we have built-in um, structures to and, and have worked on those and evolving those in the offseason um, and, and have installed them through fall camp, you know, even if it's not just defending our offense. I mean, we've spent time on heavy personnel sets we've spent time on spread sets and so there is a there is a base structure that that you know we can get to I think anytime you're in the opening game especially with all the new parts and pieces that we're looking at I mean we're gonna need to be able to stick and move and adjust on the go and and um, figure out exactly what that personality is but for sure there's a study of of Patterson for sure there's um, a digging into what Michigan has been and what you know coach Harbaugh has been in the past and then you look at the coaching parts and pieces he's added and you're and you're also researching you know those guys background too and, and, and again just to try to get the best picture you can to, to know what you're going to need to adjust to September 1st. Clark, how's the evolution of the safety position gone for you and ideally would you like to play for three or four guys there or do you really want to have two guys that you can count I think I think at all positions you know you, you would love to have a rotation because for two reasons one you know the the way the game is played now with the emphasis on how many times an offense can snap the ball the thought that one guy can play to, can defend 90 snaps especially at that position where you are um, you know running forward, running back, running side to side, 
you know, it's just it's unrealistic to think that they can manage that all you know, on their own in, in, in 90 snaps effectively. So you want to build a rotation in. You'd like to use as many people as you can because not only does that create freshness, but it also creates ownership. You know, I think that's an important part of playing defense now is how many guys can you get on the field that you're not losing the standard of performance, but you're building into this culture um, of accountability. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, as coaches, once we get through the fray of fall camp, we step back and say, you know, where, where are we? Um, what are the things that uh, – who, who are the people where we feel like maybe the performance level doesn't slip at all, one to two? Where does that performance level dip and what situations can we build in for those guys? Um, you know, that's – to answer the question, that's where, that's where we'll be looking. And is that – what does that snapshot look like today? You know, it's 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 uh, it's pretty uh, murky, um, and sorry to be you know vague, but I mean, I think um, I, you you could ask about any one of those guys individually, and I would tell you that they've all made improvements. They all seem to have found a comfort level um, in, in in the package and and with Coach Joseph and the techniques he's teaching. I've seen improvement. You know, guys that that were maybe on the fringe, you know, in the spring have have solidified their position in competition guys like Nick Coleman you know Devin Sudsill Nico Fertitta's had a good camp I mean you can go on and on and on um it, it, it's just a matter of um you know I don't and and I tell them too you know they have to embrace the uncertainty right now and be the best player they can be every day it does us no good to start whittling down at this point um you know not until you get into preparation where you need to really focus on repetition for game plan do you do you need to you need to whittle it down. Uh, Tavon uh, Coney could have gone to the NFL last year. Some coaches had misgivings if a player who might have gone pro comes back, is he all in? Did, did you have any discussions with, with, with him about that? Or what, what's your, I guess, what's your thoughts on him at this point in terms of his, you know, what's he gonna, can achieve in his senior season? Well, you know, Tavon and I, we have a really close relationship and, you know, um, he knows in coming back exactly what he is going to get from me, both as a coach, but also the expectations. And I think, you know, one of my charges to him is he was deliberating was like, look, not only are you coming back to play linebacker for me, but, you know, if you're back, you know, I need you to help, help me, you know, um, push this defense forward. And, you know, I think those are things that um, he appreciates. And, you know, I think the, relationship is valuable to him too that way and so there was never this you know questioning of whether or not he'd be in you know I've I've been impressed with his relentlessness in terms of how he's prepared himself both through the summer you know I mean the guy loves football so once you get to practice I mean you put the ball down he's he he loves it Um, you know but what he did didn't hear from coach Bayless was impressive and and you know, what he did for the program that way. And I think he's focused on the legacy, too. I mean, I think he wants to leave an imprint here. And I know it hasn't been perfect for him at Notre Dame, but we all, we all you know, seek opportunity to, to redefine ourselves. And i and, uh, just been really appre- impressed with his approach this summer. Clark, I was curious about, like, one particular drill you guys do or periods early in practice where the defense lines up. They sort of run the play for, like, a second or two, and then right. you whistle, and they, they run to you, and then they have to run back and sort of figure things out. You, like... What do you like about that? Why'd you install it? What do you want them to accomplish? One of the things that we, um, 
you know, we, we struggled with, I thought, a year ago. And I, and I think this is true of all defenses. When, when the ball was in the middle of the field, um, the communication from back end to front to get our defense aligned. Um, and the, the, the thought started there. You know, we have to simulate in some way the, the pressure that is, you know, um, seeing it, calling the field strength with command and getting the defense set because we don't have 11 people with our cleats in the ground. We don't have a chance. Um, from there, you know, you, you, you want to do that at a high level when you're fatigued, you know, and so, you know, you add a component of conditioning into it. And then the third piece is, is a schematic adjusting and, um, you know, making checks and the communication inherent in that. And so you're just trying to, like, wind the ball a little tighter okay. so that, um, you know, when those situations come up on Saturday, we've been here before. And not only have we have been here, you know, those five plays that they're facing, five formations, five alignments, will be more challenging than any sequence of five plays just from a standpoint of what's required communication was. I think today they had to do up down. The first group did some up downs there. What can you take us through? Like, you know, what, is, it, is it a misalignment or? Yep. So, um, you know, there's there's this constant like uh, without being over the top. You know, you, you just you always want to take advantage of moments where there's a recognition that hey, if we falter, we all pay and that particular sequence was um, not not seeing the entirety of the signal and so um, you know they're, they're not in the proper check because they didn't get the entire signal and um, you know it, you know it's my responsibility to stop things and make sure that that's addressed and then you move forward you know as a I'm curious as a defensive coordinator if you were trying to defend a personnel group of Mac Comet Claypool and Boykin what the biggest challenge of that would be? Well, it, it's it's um, it, it, here's the challenge: is whatever you try to do, you're always going to leave two of those guys in one-on-one situations. And so, you know, situationally, picking who those guys are, knowing that um, you know the 50-50 balls to those guys are really challenging. And um, I, I think. You know, you know, Komet's you know physical presence and his athleticism, but his ability to go get the ball. You know, Alize as an athlete, tight end, big, strong guy that can move, and then you have the other two guys on the edges that you know to me are as difficult as any two to, to go get a jump ball. It just you know it's just you're spread out and you got to hold up in one on ones and you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. You know, is that a group? I think I asked Chip this and he's like, well, I'd, I'd probably try to get off the quarterback a little bit hotter than maybe I would otherwise. Is that, is that a solution you would try to you would endorse there? It's certainly. I mean, you, you don't want to you know you don't want to um, you don't want to give it time to develop. But it's, again, for every piece you add in coverage. Um, you take away from rush, and for every piece you add in rush, you take away from coverage. I mean, there's never a—they don't allow you to play with 14 guys. So, you know, I guess it's the it maybe the change up, the balance. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What about? I, I'm just curious about your uh, whether it be chaos or disruption, like just pass rush. How much you as a coordinator, as a play caller, I guess now, like think this is how much I want to get after it. Um, is it more of the change up, the uncertainty? Is it more like I want to bring five or six? Or like, how how do you sort of see pressures in trying to achieve that? Because that seems to be like the one of the most important things any defense can do is make a quarterback uncomfortable. 
you know, on base downs, you're you're looking to have the ability to to pressure and keep run structure behind it. So like gap exchange and you know that way if it's play action you know you're getting pressure on the quarterback but if it's a run play you haven't just sold the farm and yeah you know i mean the, 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 those 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 things are built into our package i think on third down you know the, the one thing i'll say about our defense right now is I, I do feel like we have a group of d linemen that can can create pressure through four-man rush and okay. what an advantage that can be because that allows us to keep an extra piece in coverage but at the end of the day you know i I think college football is about, you know, creating discomfort in the pocket. And, you know, those guys, um, you know, there's a lot on the quarterback's plate. And so uh, the more people you can put in front of them uh, to try to complete balls, I think the more effective you're going to be defensively. So that's a third down philosophy. I guess that's the trick, though. Like every defense corner is trying to achieve is like, can I get pressure with four? And I think a lot of times over the years, the answer here has been no. But you feel like with what you've seen in camp, the answer might be yes. I do. And I I think um, think Coach Elson's done a great job with those guys. I think we have some really talented people in that room. And, and, um, you know, we can can be strategic still with a four-man rush to create matchups and, you know, and understand protections and where the weak points are, but you know I, I do think they have the skill set to do it. Nice talk, I yeah, good, good to see you. Yeah. I'll question for you. Uh, you know, going in, everybody wants to be a defensive coordinator, but now you <laughs> you think about okay, you know, big game at night, one of Notre Dame's biggest you know uh, rivals, college football game day here. I mean, is this exactly what you want for your first game? You know, I, I would, I would answer that to say like um, I've never been like um, I've never been like um, obsessed with the thought of being a defensive coordinator or do I feel like this is my stage whatsoever? Like I, I think, you know, I, I try every day just to enhance the the experience of the players and you know I, I think I've been given a chance to do that for for more guys than just one unit and. At the end of the day, whether it's it's Michigan or whether they want to put the ball down in the parking lot and play a pickup game against you know whoever, um, you know I, I want to be my best and um, and certainly once that game listen that that game the results of that game the ins and outs of that game will be analyzed for better and for worse in the extreme and I think for me it's more about um, the consistency of knowing it's a long season and. Uh, what can we learn from it, you know, um, regardless of the outcome, and how do we become the best version of our our defense, you know, um, by the time you know November comes around? How far has Jen Markeith come since you moved him to linebacker, and how much how much farther does he still have to go? Well, I think um, he's come a really long way, and that's you know to be expected because he's still you know just reaching double digits in terms of the number of practices he's had, and he he will be a guy that you know his. You know, I think the, the charge is, you know, can we get him uh, game ready to play winning football for us? He will be a guy that through the season will continue to evolve and get better. And so, um, you know, I, I expect, you know, his best football to be in November as the game is slowed down for him. And, um, you know, my, my challenge, our challenge here through fall, the end of fall camp is, you know, can we get him ready to the point where in the Michigan game he's – he's able to step in and play winning football for us. Well, I think you said in the spring that whereas last year you had kind of three for two at those inside spots, is it, is it you still kind of looking at it as, as it like 
it's a buck and it's a it's a mic kind of situation right now i am like i don't i don't feel the need to make like strategic substitution decisions right now i mean i just i think i think everyone's best you know um, we're best keeping open minds and perspectives and allowing like young players to evolve and come on and i think the players are are best suited when they feel like they're working for something and um, you know, as we as we taper into the Michigan week, we'll we'll kind of gauge where we are, and some of that we'll be handling. You know, how to how do guys handle the game plan and the install for the week? You know, and and then by the time you line up for that game, you know, you hope to have a good mix where you know you, you're you're allowing the the guys that have earned starting positions to to go at it for lengthy periods of time, but you're also being fair to them at the end of the game and keeping them fresh, knowing that your second wave of guys is, is able to, to hold the line. Yep. Johnny. How you doing? Johnny, who's that? You don't know me. <laughs> right. So I'm going to start off, you know, typical. What are we What are we working on? The best. The best. Simple. 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 Um, all right, so we're going to get serious here. Okay. Tavon Conn. And Drew Tranquil. Brad Lynch. Both. Both teetering on it. You got to save one. I'm gonna jump off, and hopefully my body will cushion them as they fall, and they both they both both will be safe. Right? Okay. Is that there? fair? Yep, that is fair. Okay. Very heroic. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so you don't know me. I don't know you. Um, this kid, Jonathan Jones. Oh, throwing him out there. How's he been coming? Around? What do you think of him? You know what? Uh, really proud of Johnny Jones uh, because Johnny Jones is a 3.0 student at Notre Dame. There it is. Uh, Representing this program first class all the way and is evolving as a football player and uh, having a lot of fun doing it. Just an average uh, interview though. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is okay. Yeah, tell, uh, I don't I don't know Johnny Jones from, <laughs> from David, but uh, tell him I said uh, hope he's doing well. Yeah, we'll bring Alright man, you bet. Coach, so much of the focus, as I'm sure you would want it to be, is on the experience and the players. But the big question oftentimes is, okay, they got the experience, but they got a first-time defensive coordinator yeah. at collegiate level. Is there any extra onus you feel on yourself? Well, yes. Especially, you know, if game one, you're going up against a guy who's been in the Super Bowl, who's been no, in the yeah. and then, you know, McElwain is yeah. then the head coach no. the, the all, and it's like, that's quite the <laughs> opening test. I think that, um, no, I think about it every day. I mean, I, I, I want to be at my best for these players, um, you know, by September 1st, and I've worked really hard to, to do that. Um, you know, I, I I'm, I'm trying to build this peace of mind uh, for me too, though, knowing that um, I'm not going to be perfect. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a mistake. And I've told the players that, you know, and I think they appreciate the fact that they know that I'm going to give them everything I've got and I expect the same in return. And, and truthfully, I think there's a, a bond formed um, in, in knowing that they're sharing in my first experience, but, but also knowing that they're, they're, their coach is going to be a gloves off, you know, everything 
that I've got, I'll leave it on the field for them, and you know they'll they'll do the same for me. So, Coach Kelly talked about how Julian Love, what he had to do is kind of pull him back a little bit because he had such a great year statistically, especially the last year. That he feels like, how can I top that? I need to get more interceptions or that. And it's he didn't let the game come to him. Do you feel the same way as a coordinator in that just continue to be yourself without saying, okay, now I am the uh, coordinator and I have to do more? You know, I, I want I want to make sure that it never becomes about me. Um, you know, my only function here is to support our team. And, you know, I, I, the players have to know that about me. And so I try not to make so much about, um, you know, my role in terms of what the title is, you know, the truth is when when coach named me coordinator, I didn't change for a second. You know, I was I was um, the same guy, 